Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. I want to give you a quick recap. If you haven't been with us the last few weeks, um, we did a, a sermon on water baptism. And it wasn't just like a little bit of of nuggets about water baptism. It was actually teaching a full in-depth doctrine of water baptism. We did it in one session last week. And so want to make sure that you know about it. You can uh, look it up on YouTube or listen to it on podcasts. But we went through a, a real deep dive into the doctrine around water baptism and why it's so important. And, um, you know, baptisms, one of the reasons it's so important is because it's the first commandment that Jesus gave to the new believer. So if somebody said, I was a believer, then the first commandment that Jesus gave to them was to be water baptized. Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 19. He said, go therefore make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not to get too technical with you, but when the church, when you are baptized into the body of Christ, that's the first baptism is that first part of the line that you go there, make disciples. So when you say, I'm going to become a disciple of Christ, that's essentially the first, that's a spiritual baptism when you're being baptized into the church. And then he says, then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's talking about water baptism. And uh, the reason that it's so important that you're water baptized is because if you don't obey the first command of Jesus, it's kind of not likely that you're probably going to obey the rest of his commands. And so there, there's an emphasis on that. So if you, if you haven't been water baptized, I want to encourage you to sign up for that. And the pattern of spiritual growth, when you look at the scriptures, the pattern of spiritual growth is this. I believe on the Lord Jesus. I believe he's Lord and Savior. I'm repenting. I'm turning away the word pent means to think. So when I repent, I'm, I'm rethinking. I'm rethinking the way that I'm looking, the way that I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to go the way of the world. I'm going to rethink, and I'm going to go the way of God. So I'm repenting. I'm turning towards God. And so you, when you would be, when you were, had that salvation experience, and you repented and turned away from that thinking, the next step is obviously, well, go be water baptized. And so, uh, so we unpacked that. We answered a lot of questions, but it was a bit of a lead up, a build up to what's happening today. So we are going to be this afternoon going down to Pirates Cove down at Corona Del Mar. And we're going to be part of what we believe is going to be the largest baptism in the history of the United States of America. And there are literally people that are flying in from all over the nation, some from out of this nation, that are flying into town specifically for what is going to be happening. We have a video. We want to roll it now. Go ahead and show that. It seems like everyone has something to say about the church. Everyone has something to say about California. Headline after headline continues to expose the division and the fear that has seemingly ravaged our world. But God also has something to say about California and his church. He's not done with either, and neither are we. We see a vibrant church standing together in faith, bound together under the Lordship of Jesus, full of boldness, full of His power, and marked by the miraculous. We see seas of people gathered along the coastline, ushering in a revival and a reformation, not under the banner of just one church, but under the mighty name of Jesus as the church. 
Baptized SoCal marks the 50th anniversary of the Jesus People Movement. And we stand as a testimony to this nation and to the nations of the earth that God is not done with California. Join us and countless others as we gather on May 28, 2023 to see the glory of Jesus on full display as people are saved, baptized, and healed at Pirates Cove Beach in Corona Del Mar. California belongs to Jesus, and there is still life in the body of Christ. Come on, is that awesome or what? So we're going to be going down. We've got a map here. We'll just kind of show you what's going to be happening so you know what to expect when you come. So I want to encourage you, after church, go home, grab lunch, change your clothes, grab a cooler, some beach chairs, a towel, etc. And um, this, is, this is where it's going to be. So if you're familiar with Corona Del Mar, Pirate's Cove is actually right up here over these rocks. There's a lookout point up above on the road where if some just want to come and watch and see it, you can stand up there if you'd like to. Those that are going to be meeting with us, we're going to be in this tent. We already have it set up this morning. It was set up at 6 a.m. Thanks to Ryan Murray. Thank you, Mr. Murray. And so, and so we have the pop-up tent that's right there along the jetty. You'll be able to see it nice and easy right where all the fire pits are. And anybody that's in a red shirt, they're going to be part of the volunteer team. So if you see somebody in a red shirt pointing and directing you, listen to them. They know what they're talking about. Uh, if there's anybody in a blue shirt, those are going to be the pastors that are going to be part of baptizing. And one of the things that happened in, uh, in, in with the Jesus People Movement, which it's the 50th anniversary of the Jesus People Movement, and one of the things that happened with them, they actually only had two, usually two or three people in the water baptizing people. So you had thousands of people that got baptized, but there was only one or two people that were there pastorally represented. In baptized, with Baptized SoCal, we have over 280 pastors throughout Orange County that have come together, come on, under the banner of Jesus. The only name that we're promoting is the name of Jesus. There's not one name of a church that's being promoted. It's the name of Jesus. And so all 280 of us pastors, we came together. And last week and this week, we've been preaching about water baptism and emphasizing that. Think of that unity that's going out, Psalms 133, right? And so the Lord is commanding a blessing upon this gathering here. It's gonna be so special. We anticipate there will be over 5,000 people water baptized today. And the largest recorded baptism in U.S. history was back in 1990, actually at that same beach, Pirate's Cove, in one day. There was some big event that happened in Anaheim, and everybody said, hey, we're going to go down. If anybody wants to get water baptized, come on down to the beach. And 10,000 people went down to Corona Del Mar, and of the 10,000, there was at least 5,000 that were baptized. And uh, you can look it up. It's in the LA Times. You can look up an old story in the LA Times that talked about it. We believe this is going to eclipse that. But rather than just one church or a few pastors. We literally have hundreds of pastors, which is so beautiful, going in the water together to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's going to be a really, really powerful time. People say, uh, what if I've been water baptized, uh, but I'm feeling a tug on my heart to get water baptized again? Uh, is that okay? And my answer would be emphatically, yes. I've never heard the devil tell anybody, you need to be water baptized. <laughs> I've yet to hear that, right? But if you're feeling a tug on your heart, you know, and in, in we, we talked about it last week, but in the Old Testament, people were baptized multiple times for different reasons. 
in, in, the, in the New Testament, we see the hallmark of every believer was being when they were water baptized. Now, if you're here and you're feeling that tug that, man, you know what? I need to be water baptized. I feel like there's something fresh in my spirit. I want to encourage you to be water baptized. Who can be water baptized? Some have asked about their kids being water baptized. Listen, if they're of the age to really understand that sin separates them from God and they want to repent and turn away from that sin and turn to Jesus and they've accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, then they can be water baptized and we'd be honored to do that with them. And so it's going to be an awesome time. We're going to be lining up. We can put that slide up one more time there, River. So we're going to be lining up. We're, we're uh, zone three and it's the green zone. And basically what's happening, what's going to happen in Pirate's Cove, we took it over this morning, but there's literally going to be lines. I want to say there's going to be like 20 different lines, kind of cones setting people up. So they go like authentic church, you're going to be whatever, line 11. And we're just going to go there. And that's where we're going to line up going to the water and baptize people. And then there's going to be prayer, etc. So it's going to be a pretty amazing undertaking. Um, right here, you can't really see it, but right here, there's a, uh, there's this beautiful house that sits. I don't know if you've seen it, but they did a remodel on this house and it has this massive balcony that overlooks Pirate's Cove. And the owners of the house actually granted access to us for this event. And we have the gal Taya from Hillsong Church uh, who sings the song Oceans. Uh, she's actually going to be singing that song leading worship as with a band as people are getting water baptized. I mean, it's just going to be wild, you know. So I, I want to encourage you to be there. I, and, and, and even if you're not being water baptized, I want to encourage you to go. It's going to be like nothing you've ever seen before. I've never experienced something like that. And it's just going to be an incredible sight. And you're going to be able to look back years from now and say, I remember when revival broke out in Southern California. I remember right at the onset with all these healings and miracles and baptisms and salvation stories. I remember it started. I remember I was there. I was there at that day. So I want to encourage you to come out for that. If you have questions or you, we're going to send out a, a text is already scheduled to go out today right after service. So you heard Nicole talk about it. If you text the word authentic to the number 94,000, we have that slide river. There you go. Baptism info. If you text authentic to 94,000, if you've not done that yet, it's also there's a reminder in your bulletins. You can open that up and take a look at it. I want to encourage you to do that. And when uh, after service, you'll get the text message with the link with that picture that we just had up there and a link to all the information for Baptized SoCal. Is that pretty cool or what? All right. Well, I hope you'll be able to join us. Let's pray. And then we're going to dive into the word of God today. I don't know about you, but I don't come to church to hear a man speak. I come to church to hear God speak, and he speaks through his word. So we're going to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak and minister to us this morning. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, thank you that we're alive in this day, this hour, this time in history for what you're doing on the earth, that there's literally a grandstands in heaven with the saints that have gone before us that are looking out, looking down, cheering on what you're doing on the earth today. And so, God, we just thank you. Thank you so much, God, that you've placed us here right now for such a time as this. God, we ask you to breathe on your word today. As we dive into your scriptures, God, I pray you help the preacher preach and help us listen, hear something we've never heard before. I pray you'd highlight things in your word to us, God. I pray that you would remove false doctrines and teachings that maybe has crept into our thinking, God, and that we would receive directly from you today. We thank you, Lord God. I pray that you would speak your servants are listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, today I'm going to be bringing a new series and we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And I just want to encourage you in this series to embrace the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The, 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 one of the job descriptions of the Holy Spirit is to lead us as believers into all truth. And a lot of people look at God as God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. <laughs> but that's just not the case. He's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And some people are really comfortable with the thought of God the Father. I'm comfortable with the thought of God, Jesus being God as the Son of God. But some people, they kind of, a wall goes up sometimes when they hear about God being the Holy Spirit, maybe because they might have seen some weird video online, went down some wormhole in YouTube, and they thought, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want it. That seems weird, okay? Let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird, okay? If you're around long enough, you'll meet some weird people that do things in the name of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I've seen some of the videos of people working out at Planet Fitness, and there's some bizarre workouts that went viral of people doing the most crazy thing on, 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 on different instruments of making your muscles big in the name of getting fit. And you're like, I would never go to the gym. <laughs> you know, I've seen some crazy stuff. I want to encourage you. Don't lean on what you've seen. Don't lean on what you think you know. In this series, I want to really encourage you, all of us, to really lean in and say, Holy Spirit, will you just show me you? I want to know you. I want to hear you speak. I, I, I want you to speak directly to me. That's one of the job functions of the Holy Spirit. He's going he's gonna to lead you. He's going to help you be more like Christ. People say, man, living for Jesus, you Christians, that's so hard. And I would argue and I say, it's not hard. It's actually impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to, to, to love somebody that hates you. It, it, it's, a, it's impossible to live a life free of lust without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, you can overcome all things because Christ overcame so that you could overcome. And when Jesus took his place at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit was released to take his place in the life of every believer in the church. And so I just want to encourage you to embrace the Holy Spirit. And by the way, Holy Spirit didn't show up at Pentecost Sunday 3,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit has been at work since the beginning. So I just want to encourage you, you know, in, in the New Testament, there's a, uh, there's a New Testament leader of the early church. His name was Stephen. And in Stephen, uh, he's having this discussion with these religious leaders, and he ends up rebuking them. And he says this in Acts chapter 7, 51. He says, you, you're stiff-necked. You're uncircumcised in your heart and your ears. You're always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. That's a strong rebuke. And I just want to give you, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, I just want to give you a quick picture. So I just need uh, three men to volunteer. If I could have three men. Jason, thank you for volunteering. Isaac, thank you for volunteering. Sean Dada, thank you for volunteering. So I want to give you this just as a, as a picture as we go into this series. And we're going to unpack it. Sean, I'm going to have you stand here. Okay. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to put you at the end. Sorry. Okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go this way. So spread out here, okay? Okay, so I don't know if you know this, but you, you are a trinity. You know, whoa, what? 
Yeah, you're a trinity. You're a tripart being. That's trinity refers to that. It's not actually in the Bible, the word trinity. But trinity is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It means they're three in one, okay? You have a spirit with a soul in a body in that order, right? You have your spirit with a soul in a body, okay? Jesus came from the Father and lived the life to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And then when Jesus went to heaven, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that's where he's at, he gave us the Holy Spirit. When Jesus says the unforgivable sin is blaspheming the Holy Spirit, it's because without the Holy Spirit, the Lord says that nobody comes to the Father except if drawn by the Holy Spirit. So if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you can't even get to receiving the forgiveness of God in your life. And if you don't have the forgiveness of God, you don't have right standing relation, you can't get back to the Father. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit helps lead us into the presence of the Father and the Son. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. Thank you. We give it up for these guys. So I just wanted to give you that as a visual to help you just kind of have a bit of an image as we're going into this in allowing, asking, inviting, Holy Spirit, would you just do a work in me? Would you help me know you, help me know you more? You know, it's been 50 years since uh, Time Magazine ran the cover story, Jesus Revolution. And, uh, and it was all about what God was doing and primarily what God started doing down at Pirate's Cove. How many of you seen the Jesus Revolution movie that came out? If you've not seen that, go see that tonight after the baptisms. Uh, it'll encourage you. It'll bless you. And if you watch all the baptisms that are going to happen today, you're going to be like, I was there. And then you're going to look back in history and you're going to see that there's a well of revival that God has that he's placed here. And so uh, Time Magazine ran this story back uh, 50 years ago. It's a 50-year anniversary. But today, it's also actually this month, May 14th, 1948, we actually had uh, Israel being formed, reformed as a nation and recognized. So it's the 75-year anniversary of Israel being formed as a nation. And so 75 years ago, Israel's formed as a nation. 50 years ago, there's the Jesus People Movement. And today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday, by the way, is not a Christian holiday only. <laughs> Some people think Pentecost is a Christian holiday. Actually, Pentecost has been a lot, around a lot longer before Christianity in essence. And I want to unpack some of this today. But again, I want to encourage us, like Stephen encouraged those religious leaders, don't, don't harden your heart to the Holy Spirit. Invite him. Ask him. Through, through the course of this series, invite him to show himself more to you. And uh, Pentecost, now Pentecost is looked at now as a Christian holiday, but that's not where it began. Pentecost, actually the Hebrew word for Pentecost is Shavuot. Actually, it's, it's not the exact word, it's, it's weeks. The Hebrew word for weeks is Shavuot. Shavuot is the Feast of Weeks. So let me give you a quick lesson. There were seven primary feasts when the children of Israel came out of Egypt that the Lord instituted. How did the Lord institute those feasts? Moses went up to the mountain and he spent time with the Lord. When he's up on the mountain, it, there was so much thundering, there was fire, there was earthquakes. The people of Israel, the nation, there was camp there. They're like, Moses, you go. We don't want to go. <laughs> like, only you. Moses is up there. He spends time with God and for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he comes down with the word of God. So Shavuot, is part of the word that God gave them was to celebrate these different feasts. You can read about it in Exodus and Leviticus. 
And so God gives them these feasts, and the feasts are all foreshadowing things that God was going to do in the future. Okay, so anything, anytime you read certain aspects of feasts in the Old Testament, it's God, he's like the master hint dropper. Like, I mean, he wants it to be so obvious that it's like, guys, I'm showing you this now, and you're gonna do this for hundreds of years, over a thousand years, and then you're gonna see, it's gonna be so obvious that Jesus came to be the Passover sacrificial lamb for you because you've been celebrating the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the celebration of Passover, all these years. So Jesus, on the last week of his life, Holy Week, what we would know it now, he celebrates Passover with his disciples, has the Last Supper, and he becomes the sacrificial Passover lamb that would take away the forgiveness of, or take away all sin and provide forgiveness, okay? So that, that was P- Passover, which is part of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So Jesus dies, he's nailed to the cross, he dies for you and I, and three days later, he rose again. Now, Jesus could have came back any day, but why did God have him come back that day? The reason Jesus came back that day is because it was the first fruits, so that day, three days after the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they would have the first fruits. And it would be three days later that they would celebrate the first fruits of the crops that season. So Jesus was the first fruit for humanity, for salvation for us. Okay, from Passover, they would count off 50 days, and then they would have Shavuot. The Feast of Weeks would begin. 50 is where we get Pentecost from, five Penta. Pentecost, so 50, 50 days, seven weeks. After that time, they would celebrate Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. Okay, keep following me. Okay, so Jesus rose from the dead on the Feast of First Fruits, or on the, on the Day of First Fruits, and then he's with them for 40 days. He says, Stay here. I have, my Father has something for you. And then 10 days later is Shavuot, Pentecost, and that was a celebration, what they would celebrate the first harvest of wheat. That's also the same day that they would celebrate the giving of the Torah when the word of God came down from the mountain to the people, that the people of God, the Jewish people, would be carriers of the divine law, showing all of humanity as an example, this is what family should look like. This is what your life should look like. This is some orderly aspects of living and eating and drinking, etc., So I want you to be a pattern so that the rest of the world can actually be blessed by living according to my statutes. So the Lord gives that to the Jewish people. So the Jewish people, recipients of that, carriers of that, they celebrate Shavuot. So Shavuot, so this Shavuot, actually today, it's been 3,335 years since they began celebrating. Today is. And um, it was the giving of the Torah. So there was two primary things, again, that they were celebrating. The word. Everybody say the word. And then they were celebrating the harvest. Everybody say the harvest. Okay, so think about that. The word of God and the harvest, okay? Think of that picture, God being the master foreshadower. So John records in the book of John about John the Baptist. I know there's a lot of Johns and Marys in the Bible, so it can kind of get confusing. So the book of John, who's a disciple of Jesus, records in the gospel of John a story from John the Baptist. And, and John the Baptist is baptizing, and then Jesus comes along, and then Jesus goes. And then in the book of John 4, verse 35, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's walking through fields, and he says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. So Jesus is saying that he's using the harvest fields 
as a metaphor for the spiritual harvest that would come. So Jesus, the word of God made flesh, came down from heaven, okay, pause. Moses receives the word of God, comes down from the mountain and provides it to the people, okay? When Moses takes the the Torah down, there's fire, there's lightning, there's earthquaking, there's wind, all these kind of things. When Jesus comes down, he lives with them for three and a half years, then he goes, and then the day of Pentecost comes. So I wanna recap and just read a few things for you. And the picture, I looked up uh, recently, uh, just some pictures from a Jewish perspective when it comes to Shavuot. And this is, a, I'm gonna show you a picture from a Jewish website. When they, when they talk about Shavuot, you, this is on a Jewish website, they're not Messianic Jews. This is a picture that they have about celebrating Shavuot. What does this look like? <laughs> it looks like Pentecost. It looks like the story of Pentecost. Tongues of fire all around as this guy's reading the word. This, this, this is a modern day website, Chabad.org, if you want to look it up, spelled like Chabad, uh, but if you want to look it up, and it's on there, and it's a picture for the Jewish people, because they really feel like when they open the word of God, the word of God is, is life to them, and they believe part of rabbinic tradition would be that when God wrote the Ten Commandments, he didn't write them with his finger, it was actually tongues of fire that wrote the Ten Commandments, every single one of them. So this is a picture of that. So when we read the book of Acts and we hear about tongues of fire and things of the Holy Spirit, we're like, whoa, this has just got weird, <laughs> right? To a Jewish boy, this was not weird. They're like, oh yeah, that, this makes sense. This is just, this, this is like when, when God gave the word, when, there was, when we, were in, we were entrusted with this div- divine law that we were to be carriers of this, the fire that wrote this is now gonna be the fire that writes for us. So there's, there's actually, um, there was in the um, Qumran caves that, um, where a bunch of ancient manuscripts were found, they actually had a tongues of fire scroll that talked about that picture that you're looking at right there. And also today on Shavuot, on the Feast of Weeks, on Pentecost, it's actually believed today, according to rabbinic tradition, that this would have been the day when David died. So the day when one king dies and a new king is ushered in telling you it's powerful imagery foreshadowing that God does. They're in the waters of baptism today. There are certain people that thought they were the kings of their own lives. Those kings are gonna die in the waters of baptism and a new king is taken over in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah talked about this in Jeremiah 31, verse uh, 31 through 33. He said, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'm gonna make a new covenant. Sound familiar? I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. So God speaks this through the prophet Jeremiah. All of this is pointing to what God's gonna do in the New Testament. God said this through a prophet, Amos chapter three, verse seven, the prophet Amos. He says, indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. So God never does anything until he reveals it to one of his prophets. John the Baptist was a prophet of his day. He was a forerunner. He was going before, creating a a little bit of upheaval, pointing people to Jesus. And John said this in Luke chapter three, verse 16. John answered them. He told them, he said, I baptize you with water, but there's one who's coming after me, more powerful than I, he's gonna come, and the straps of whom sandals, I'm not worthy to untie. I got, you guys think I'm something great? 
I'm telling you, there's a guy coming. I'm not worthy to even untie his Nikes. Like this guy is going to, he's going to blow your mind. He says, this guy, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say the Holy Spirit and fire. So John prophesies this. He speaks this out about Jesus, the coming Messiah. So Jesus comes, Jesus lives, Jesus dies, Jesus rose again. And then he has this time where he's appearing to his disciples. And one of the first times he appears to them, they're behind locked doors. They're freaked out because of what's going on. And they're, they're wondering, are they going to come and kill us next? So they have the doors locked and Jesus is like, Zhoop, and he just like pops into their, their, their meeting, freaks them out for a second. And he says, it says this in John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So they're afraid. They're afraid. They don't want to go out in public. They don't want to be public with their faith. Jesus came and stood among them, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So at first, there's something about the resurrected body of Jesus freaked them out. They're like, what's going on? And Jesus says, time out. Okay, just look at my hands. Look at my side. Okay, okay, we're not seeing a ghost. You're Jesus. And then they're excited. And Jesus says to them, peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So they believed in Jesus right? They have the salvation experience. They see him and they believe, oh, you're, it's Jesus, Lord, Savior, right? It's kind of a salvation moment for them. This is real. He Actually, he's alive. Oh, wow. What he said was true. So they believe in the Lord and the Lord breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. Some people have the question, when did I receive the Holy Spirit? Because I hear about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I hear people talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I hear receiving the Holy Spirit. When did I receive the Holy Spirit? Okay. I want to give you a quick imagery. Okay. I have a bottle of water. I tasted it. It's great. I can give that bottle of water over here to my friend, Melly. Did she receive the bottle of water? Yes. I just gave it to her. She can drink from that bottle of water, right? Or I could dump it on, I could baptize Melly. I'm not going to right now. I could baptize Melly with water. It's different, right? Okay. So do you receive the Holy Spirit when you are saved? Yes, there is a receiving of the Holy Spirit when you're saved. But you will see in the scriptures, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that's different. Just like I can give you a bottle of water, you receive it. But it's different than being baptized in water. That makes sense? Let me prove my point. If some of you are looking at me kind of, I'm not sure if I follow you. Acts chapter one. This is Jesus. So Jesus is staying with his disciples. Acts chapter one, verse four. While staying with them, he orders them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you'd heard from me. Wait, wait, wait. The promise of the Father, you just breathed on them. They received the Holy Spirit. So what's the promise of the Father? Keep reading. He says, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So Jesus has the moment with them, receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit. 
But then he tells them, I want you to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is coming in a few days. So there is a separate experience of a baptism of the Holy Spirit that's separate from the Holy Spirit moment that you have. And we're going to unpack this a lot because I know there's probably, hopefully we're going to answer as many questions as we drum up, okay? So so I want to encourage you as we go through this series, write down your questions and we're going to have different times where you can text in your question and I'm going to answer them through the course of the series. Because one of the most misunderstood persons in the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. When in one of the most controversial moments in a person's life around the world when it comes to faith is water baptism. And one of the most controversial things when you look at a Christian's life is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the world, baptism in water is controversial because if you say, I'm not gonna follow the Muslim faith, I'm gonna become a Christian now, they're like, okay, whatever. Buddha, I'm not gonna follow Buddha, I'm gonna become a Christian now, okay, whatever. I'm not gonna do the new age thing, I'm gonna come to, I'm gonna be Jesus, I'm gonna go with Jesus now, I'm gonna become a Christian, okay. But when you get water baptized and you're living in a Muslim country where they sound the prayer call every single day, multiple times a day, and you say, I'm gonna go be water baptized, whoa controversial. Now they know you're serious. You've been water baptized. In the church, there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit that God wants to give to every single believer. And it's the woe, and it makes the enemy stand up and take notice. The word baptized, we talked about this last week, baptizo, it means to immerse, to submerge, to cleanse by dipping in water. Jesus is saying, I want you to experience the Spirit of God like you experience water baptism, like you go under and you come up, like the word, the, 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 the Spirit of God is so on you, around you, and he, I want to baptize you in, in the Spirit of God. He, that's his plan for you and I. So Jesus breathes on them, then he tells them to wait, and then they wait, and then this happens. Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It wasn't a mighty rushing wind. It's, it was a sound. And the sound sounded like like a jetliner that just came through. It sounded like, sounded like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house. What filled? The sound was filling the entire house where they were sitting. And then divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they're filled with the Holy Spirit They're speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to pull up the picture of the that I got from the Jewish website. This is the Jewish website. This is a really good picture of what it what the author's trying to describe as we're reading this account in the book of Acts. So then Peter stands up and he rips a sermon from the prophet Joel out of the Old Testament. Good preacher. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And he says, guys, let me tell you what's happening. This was talked about way back in the prophecies of Joel. He says, Joel said this, and it shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. All means all. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
You know Jesus is in the meeting when people are prophesying because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So he says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, on my maid servants, I'm gonna pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. So my question is this, does that baptism of the Holy Spirit look different than water baptism? I mean, I think it's pretty clear in the scriptures. There was a baptism of water. There was a salvation moment. And then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, for, for, for some of you in here, this is, this is like foreign. You've never heard this. Some of you grew up in church and you were taught against this. I, I grew up Catholic. You know, I didn't really know much about the Holy Spirit. It was kind of like, Father, Son, and Holy Bible a little bit in, in Catholicism. And this was foreign to me. And then I also went to some gatherings where I saw people do things in the name of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> but God, in his loving kindness, has given you the Holy Spirit. Why do you think there's so much controversy in the church when it comes to the Holy Spirit? Because the enemy wants you to live powerless. Jesus tells us you're going to experience power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and somebody would say, well, there's, so there's a baptism water and there's a baptism in the Spirit? Yes. Actually, even understanding that is looked at, according to the writer of Hebrews, as an elementary principle, yet most Christians don't get this. It's an elementary principle. Check this out in Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. So now he's going to list out some of the elementary principles aspects of Christ. This is elementary. I don't want to lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, plural, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So he says, baptism. And somebody would say, yeah, Jeff, what about Ephesians 4, 5? Ephesians 4, 5 says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. What about that? What? I thought you, oh, there's only one baptism according to that. No, that's, that's, Poor hermeneutics. If you actually read that scripture, actually put it in the context of that chapter of Ephesians and put it in the context of the book of Ephesians, and that's actually referring to being baptized into the church, into the, into the family of God, that you left your old ways and you're, you're saying, I'm part of this family. That's the baptism that that's talking about. So baptize again, baptizo, it's Greek. It means to, it's, it's, it's immerse, submerge, to cleanse by dipping. This is the hope of heaven, that you're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. And that, the, the word baptizo, the practice of baptizing something, it's actually a terminology they would use when they would dye a fabric. So the fabric would go in looking one way, and you'd bring the, after you baptized it, and then you'd pull it up out of the dye and hang it to dry, now that fabric looks pink or purple or whatever the color dye was. That's, that's what's happening in the waters of baptism. You go down one way and the old man dies and you rise up a new creation in Christ. Jesus is saying, I want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Like you baptize that fabric to look a certain way, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit so that you can live the overcoming life that I've called you to live and I'm going to raise you up and you're going to see my power on display for you. Philippians 1.11, we don't have the slide, but Philippians 1.11 talks about the fruit of that life it's the fruit of righteousness in our lives. Baptized of the Holy Spirit. So 
you are a trinity, your spirit, soul, and body. God is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. First Peter 1, 2 says this, you who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Before Jesus ascends into heaven, he tells his disciples this in John chapter 16, verse seven. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is the words of Jesus. It is to your advantage. Everybody say, my advantage. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The authority of the kingdom of heaven is coming to you wrapped, packaged in the Holy Spirit. When you embrace the Holy Spirit in your life, there is a greater confidence, there is a greater power. Jesus talked about it. And Stephen, when he's talking to the religious leaders of the day in Acts 7.51, he says, you guys, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit. Like, don't resist the Holy Spirit. I plead with you as your pastor. Some of you are close friends of mine. I wanna encourage you lean in. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit into our lives as we dive into this series. No pun intended, but as we dive into the series, <laughs> that you would be baptized, that you would be filled in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, he says, when you do, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's a promise. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I have yet to meet a person that walked in the gift of healing, uh, that saw miracles, that was not baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm sure there's some out there. Maybe I have met them, but I didn't know. Maybe I thought that they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. But every person who's operated in like gifts of healing, miracles, signs, wonders, knowledge, wisdom, that have operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we're gonna get into. There's gifts of the Father, there's gifts of the Son, and there's gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every person that I've seen that's operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they were all, without question, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said there's something different between receiving the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit. Jesus' words, he, he showed that. <sighs> Receive the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to wait so that you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit a few days from now. So there's something there for all of us that we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna unpack. And we wanna experience that. And I wanna see you living a power-filled, overcoming life in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna close out today. And I'm just gonna ask Isaac to come up and you can play something softly. And uh, we're gonna close out today. And I, I just wanna encourage you to ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me about? Challenge my thinking. Challenge my thoughts. Even challenge what was shared today from the pulpit. Holy Spirit, speak to me. As I research the scriptures, would you speak to me? Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. Go and do your own deep dive. 
And I think when you do, I think you're going to find that it's just as we're talking about today. That Jesus said, I want to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Somebody says, how do I know if I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Brother, you'll know. So if you don't know, you may not be. <laughs> you'll know when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to unpack that, that thought and get into the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well in the course of this time. Let's go ahead and stand and pray together as we close out today. God, we thank you for your word, that your word is life. Thank you for speaking to us. And God, we ask, Holy Spirit, would you just come and fill us? Will you baptize us? Baptize us today. Baptize us today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Touch our minds. Touch our understanding. And Lord, we just ask, what are you speaking to us about? Just ask that of him. Lord, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me? What area of this do I need to incorporate into my life? Have I grown cold in my relationship with you? If you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to go be water baptized today with us. On the day of Pentecost, notice the verses we read, there was never a prayer prayed when there was all those salvations and baptisms. I'm for prayer. We believe in prayer. God is a fan of prayer. But we've done a disservice in the body of Christ trying to tell people, if you just pray this prayer, you're going to be saved. No, the Bible says repent and be baptized. You repent, you turn. And your next step in obedience to Christ is to go and be water baptized. And if we can't obey the first thing he tells us, it's likely we may not obey the rest of what he tells us. So if you're here today and you want to put your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you. You call on the name of the Lord. Jesus, save me. Would you forgive me of my sins? I realize that my sin has separated me from you. And I don't want to live in sin. I don't want to live in sexual immorality. I don't want to live with lying lips. I don't want to live with lust-filled thoughts. I want to put all my faith, trust, hope in you. So Jesus, I call on you and I just declare that you are Lord and Savior. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for walking away from you. Forgive me for not listening to you. God, would you forgive me for anything I've ever done and ever will do? Will you forgive me today? And Jesus from on high would tell you with an emphatic yes, that's why he died. He died for you, for the forgiveness of all your sins, that you might have everlasting life. And then he would say, I want, you to, I want you to live this out now. Go be water baptized. So if you need to be water baptized today, I want to invite you to join us down at Pirate's Cove. And maybe you're here today and we start talking about the Holy Spirit and you're like, man, I remember when I was so on fire for God. I remember when I would pray in the Holy Spirit, driving my car when I would go to work and come home and getting ready for the day and singing in the shower. And I would just sing and pray in the Holy Spirit. And maybe if you're honest, that it's kind of gotten a little cold. Maybe the Lord is impressing upon you, rekindle that. Stir up that gift inside of you. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for meeting with us today. Thank you for leading, guiding, and directing us today. Thank you for leading us into all truth. Thank you for being the great counselor. Thank you for speaking, challenging, 
convicting that you would help us be more like Jesus. You'd help us to live a victorious, overcoming life, a power-filled life empowered by your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that you would fall fresh on your congregation today. Fall fresh upon authentic church today, God. I pray that you would fall fresh on every person under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, that you would fall fresh in their lives and that we would receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father, that you would give us good, sound doctrine, that you would reestablish a firm foundation. And we pray that we would have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Like Paul said, let it be with us all. So we thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise today? Come on. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.